Welcome back to the Get and Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. The word Advent in Latin is Advenio, meaning to come to. It is the period embracing the four Sundays prior to Christmas. During this time, the faithful are admonished to prepare themselves worthily to celebrate the anniversary of the Lord's coming into the world as the incarnate God, to adore the Lord the King that is to come, the Lord already near, Him whose glory will be seen on the morrow. Advent starts generally right after Thanksgiving. The interesting history of Advent, the word Advent means coming, the coming of our Lord. And, you know, in the first part of the early church, for most of it through oral tradition, there was a really anticipation of the people shortly after the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus was going to return pretty soon. Many people think it, it, it right around the first, you know, fourth or fifth centuries, they started to think about the birth of Christ, which was a big event, of course, Christ becoming one of us and being born of Mary. And so how to kind of prepare for that? Well, in the city of Tours, there was a saint, St. Martin of Tours. And on November 11th, they celebrate his feast day. And then there was a bishop in Tours that said, you know, we ought to prepare for Christmas by making a, a novena, a prayer time of these weeks prior to December 24th and 25th. And it was often, it was even referred to as the Lent of St. Martin of Tours, but it went from November 11th to Christmas Eve. As time went on, they, they shortened it to the four weeks of Advent that we now have, like we do today. They're not always totally four weeks, depending upon when the 25th of December falls, because Christmas is always, of course, the 25th of December. Well, that coming of the Lord was always something that was anticipated by people. And of course, in Advent, it's a bit different. That's why they changed it from the Lent of St. Martin to the word Advent, because it's really different than the Lenten season that we celebrate before the passion and death and resurrection of Jesus. Advent's often compared to what Mary was going through. In other words, she knew she was having a baby, but we still anticipate his second coming and our personal time when we will meet the Lord on the time of our last breath on earth. But there's a lot of things that deal with that word Advent in the Bible and in the Eucharist. You know, during the Eucharistic prayer, we always have that memorial acclamation. We proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes again. And so there's that always that anticipation of waiting and waiting for the coming of the Lord again, again, personally in our own lives and for the second coming. But a lot of times Jesus used that word coming in his life. You know, he told his earliest friends, come and follow me. And he asked people to come and participate in everything he would do. And he called the sinners, all of us, to come to new life and to be part of his kingdom here on earth and in heaven. And so a great way to think about Advent in the regard to the Eucharist is those memorial acclamations that we proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes again. And we eat this bread, drink this cup, the body and blood of the Lord, 
until he comes again. And so the Eucharist, which we know was established by our Lord on Holy Thursday night before he was going through his own passion, death, and then ultimately the resurrection. But he said that to the apostles and the others gathered with him on the Last Supper. He said, do this in remembrance of me until, again, we add, until he comes again, because he knew at that time he was eventually going to die and going to come rise from the dead, and then return, Pentecost with the Holy Spirit, and they're waiting for the second coming. And so the Eucharist was that memorial sacrifice and meal, anticipating the coming of the Lord again, and helping us, the Eucharist, to keep that in mind and to remember it, the importance of this. And so as anything, when time goes on for a while, we would have in our own just inadequacies, and it happens even on a very human level. You know, if somebody's away from our lives for a while, even though they might have been really close friends, they move away, they take a different job, they, they're, and, you know, we may say, let's stay in touch. Well, you know, a year may pass, we may, you know, eventually stay in touch with them a while, but then it might fade. And that was a concern, too, of the early church. And that's why they decided, as the Lord said on that Last Supper, they decided to gather together to celebrate this meal where he said, as we recall, those words that are very explicit in the three synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood that'll be poured out for you. And whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will do it in memory of me. So it was a way that they could stay connected not only to the community, but to the Lord, because he was really present in the bread and wine that now become the body and blood of Christ. He was really there. It wasn't just like a symbol, but in the minds of the early church, this was really the presence of the Lord in their midst. So that would help them to keep remembering. And it was important. Remember, a lot of this had to come through oral tradition. There wasn't like the social media we have today where people stay in constant contact through Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is, or pod, pod, podcasts. But they had to do it mainly by gathering together. And the way the Eucharist was set up was pretty much the way we celebrate it yet today. They had readings. They had letters from St. Paul to the various churches. They even had some of the evangelists that were starting to write, like Mark, Luke, uh, Matthew. And they would read those things. And they would say, hey, remember what Jesus said about this and what Jesus said about this. And when he was on earth, this is what he did. And then they would celebrate that with the bread, wine that were his body and blood. And it was especially important, not only as the people started to die, but to pass it on to their kids to their children, because they didn't want the children who, you know, wouldn't have known Jesus. And especially as people that actually walked and talked with Jesus were dying, they needed to stay connected to somebody that had some contact with him. And then as those died out, the story had to keep being told to people time and time again, so they wouldn't forget about the Lord. So Advent is a really special time for us to Remember, we know Jesus came. We know that he was uh, born of Mary, but we still have the Eucharist to remind us of that coming that he had that time, and also the coming that we will personally have the time when we meet the Lord or when he comes again in glory. And so the Eucharist gives us that opportunity to remember. And also it gives us that opportunity to 
celebrate and to be there with friends so the story can be passed on again and again to people. And so it's not really necessarily a repentance season like Lent, but more of a joyful anticipation of the birth of the Lord that we know is going to be an important part again as we celebrate that birthday. And one of the great things about it, I think, is, you know, any of our churches, we're always concerned about how do we keep our youth involved? How do we keep the younger people to keep the faith so that their generation can bring it to another generation? You know, uh, when I was involved with the school kids, they love birthdays. Birthdays are big things. They, they celebrate birthdays. They, they, they always would say, my birthday, even if it was six months away, when I go into the classroom, they say, hey, my birthday is, and then they, in school, because some of them had birthdays in the summer, they had a, a half birthdays or whatever, because they love it. And so the birthday of Jesus is a joyful event. And just like kids anticipate that, they prepare for it, they get excited about it way before it happens. We're given that opportunity for four weeks from the end of November to December 25th to remember this great event of Christ's birthday and to remember it by the Holy Eucharist, which was the great way the early church remembered his coming on earth and then anticipating it when he had come again. And so the Eucharist brings us that real presence of the Lord which we know is there in the Holy Eucharist and helps us then to prepare for what can be a great event, not only in our church's life, but also in our own personal lives too, as we celebrate that birthday with family and friends. Oh, that's so great. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. We are called in spirit back to the time before the incarnation of the Son of God is the world we're really yet to take place. Cardinal Weissman says, We are not dryly exhorted to profit by that blessed event, but we are daily made to sigh with the fathers of old. Send down the dew, ye heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain the just one. Let the earth be opened and bud forth the Redeemer. Lord, raise up thy power and come, as though we feared our iniquities would prevent his being born. Let us come in reverence. O come, all ye faithful. Christmas is near, ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.